everybody, and welcome back to another podcast here with Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Those socials, we're out there. We're doing stuff, so check us out. Give us your opinions, you know, comments, whatever you got going on. Let us know. We love to hear from you. And, of course, download and listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system, and give us a five-star rating for today's content. Little bit of NFL, some get out of here, and then we'll get into a college football championship weekend recap uh, and talk about bowls and Heisman and all that. But I'm not doing this by myself here, folks, as you know, because you've listened to Think Tank Sports now for well over a year. I've got Mike on the other side of the glass. Hey, buddy. I'm glad you remembered I was over here. I was starting to wonder what was going on. Um, (laughs) One thing I wanted to clean up from our podcast uh, that uh, dropped yesterday, except uh, the video version on Spotify, we're still working on uh, getting the kinks out. So get off our backs, folks. We're working on it. But uh, no, seriously, (laughs) Uh, Dave promised it and Dave uh, under promised and over delivers usually. So uh, it'll be out there soon. Um, but Dave, I wanted to get your perspective on uh, the one big mistake I thought the New England coaching staff made, and that's putting Nikhil Harry back to catch the first punt. Hasn't returned a punt all year, only did a few last year uh, in those conditions. I understand that their regular punt returner uh, was injured, and then they had a late injury uh, going into the game. But uh, did you guys even realize that someone with such little return experience was out there um, on the muffed punt of the first punt of the game? No, I, definitely not. I mean, particularly, you know, being out and tailgating and like having music going. It's not like we were listening to, to pregame stuff or anything, which w- that's where it's we would have like caught that. like you're at a football game or anything, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And so that kind of stuff just doesn't come up unless you're sitting in a suite. Uh, I would say we had suite seats, but they were not oh. in a suite. But And we wonder and, why our super fan Tom calls us corny all the time. <laughs> that's yep, and there it is. That's, the, it that's is. the corniness. But, yeah, no, had no idea. Just thought, you know, hey, you, you made a bad play, and he did. And it helped uh, Buffalo get their first – touchdown and only touchdown of the game yeah and i texted you because i was seeing the replays and the first set of replays buddy they showed on tv were straight head on ball did not look like it touched him and then they had kind of a side back angle view that you could see the ball it changed direction when it got so close to his um face mask and that was really the determining factor if it touched his face mask it was the smallest of surface area on that where they show. I do, I do remember that now that you're saying that and, and how there were so many replays and they kept yep. showing it and showing it. And yeah. Yeah. Were they showing the replays on the big bar board at, do you remember the name of the stadium? Uh, yes. Highmark stadium on the jumbotron as I like to refer to it that as, so old. um, yes, definitely. <laughs> Very good with the replays there, uh, and it's it's a very very big screen, so it's very easy to see uh, what's going on there. Wonderful. Uh, then I just wanted to look around the the league. You know, again, we're in December; it's the playoff push, and I called last Sunday Separation Sunday, and um, that for the most part 
turned out to be true. And uh, just looking at these playoff standings, buddy, uh, right now your Bills are in the last uh, spot, the, fir- the last wild card at 7-5, and five, tied with the Bengals uh, at 7-5 and five, and the Chargers at 7-5. and five. Uh, And you have the, in my opinion, terrible 6-5-1 Steelers uh, in the 8 position. Uh, Colts, Raiders, Browns, all right there. Of those group of teams I just listed, I'd probably just give you six or seven of them. Which team scares you the most that's behind you so Steelers Colts Raiders Browns Broncos oh I, I, it's there's no question it's 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 the Colts with Jonathan Taylor I don't think there's any question Good call. uh that's the team when you look at their conference record Mike is six and three uh so just based on that with all the other teams uh you know Indianapolis is going to have a lot of the tiebreakers if they end up with the same record because conference record is one of them um so i yeah i definitely think it's the colts there's no two ways around it yeah i agree with that i think you guys are actually the bills are better than even the chargers and bengals uh at the seven and five spots ahead of you um and the colts worry me uh coming up to take but i think that one of those two teams chargers or bengals are gonna actually back out of there um and you'll get the colts in there with yeah and it yeah, and it, it's again, it's tough. We talked about this um, on the, the weekly recap. The Bills sit at five and five in the conference, and right now, Chargers and Bengals are five and three. Right. Buffalo loses the tiebreakers to both of them based on conference record, um, and the Chargers beat the Bengals, so they win the head-to-head. Um, that makes it very difficult, uh, for really, for Buffalo. Um, to go beyond the five uh, unless they can win the division, Mike. Right, right. And they have the big game again with New England in a couple of weeks and uh, need to take care of business there for sure if they want to have a say in the division this year. Uh, In the NFC, buddy, you know, uh, if you told uh, anybody really at the beginning of the season that three of the NFC East teams would be uh, in the playoffs or just outside, uh, they'd probably say you're absolutely crazy. But you got the Cowboys at eight and four, uh, the football team at six and six, and the Eagles at six and seven, getting Jalen Hurts back. I'm not sure if Gardner Minshew isn't a better option. I know that was just one game, but uh, seems to be more dynamic in the passing uh, area. But either way, uh, a return to running the ball and playing solid defense for the Eagles has them, you know, right on the eighth spot on the outside looking in. Um, Is there anyone below the Eagles, buddy? Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Giants or Bears or Seahawks, I guess technically you're still in it. Um, that you think <laughs> technically at four and eight, yeah. which is crazy because that's 15 of the 16 teams in the NFC. Yes. Uh, and that's just nuts. Uh, Seattle's two and six conference record, though, uh, is really going to put them out. Same with Atlanta. No, there really isn't anybody, Mike. I, I really just look at, I, I really think San Francisco, despite the, you know, the bad loss mm-hmm. uh, this last week to Seattle, I still think. Uh, that's a team that scares people, and I would expect them to hang on to that spot. Uh, when you look at Washington, I mean, they have the 5-2 and two, uh, record in the conference, so that's going to help them out tremendously Absolutely. Uh, should they end up being tied. Uh, but, yeah, I, there, I, there really isn't anybody else. These teams are all 
you know, hit and miss. Minnesota, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. It's one week they're good, one week they're bad. Um, and so none of them, none of them give me any kind of fear of any kind. I'd love to see the Giants do stuff, but we know, you know, just too many injuries. And, you know, Daniel Jones may, may play, may not play. Trending towards you know, a play I, right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, they still, still need that. and the, yeah, and just having a really tough time scoring points, yep. uh, even with Daniel Jones in there, I think is is really too much. Uh, they're three and five in the NFC, so I think that makes it difficult too. Yeah, absolutely. So we just wanted to take a peek, you know, getting into the month of December and now early January, where we're going to have to, uh, you know, make our playoff runs here, for people. So Dave, on the opposite end of that. Uh, folks, we like to play a little game uh, called Get Out of Here, where I tee Dave up with a team that's struggling and whose season is on the brink or is over, and uh, he gives them a hearty get out of here. So, uh, Dave, do you have the list there of teams that we've already invited to uh, leave our playoff lives here in the dust? Oh, yes. So we've got in the AFC, the Jets, the Texans, and the Jaguars. Uh, in the NFC, uh, right now, the Bears and the Lions. Um, and so those are the five. And we haven't done this in a few weeks, folks. So uh, the standings have shifted around a bit. So five teams have been told to get out of here and wait for the draft and look at next season. And in the AFC, Dave, I don't see anybody to nominate. Dolphins are six and seven. Uh, right on the rear view mirror, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, no offense to you or your family. Um, and, uh, you know, we've already kicked the other guys out of our season, so I think that's accurate. And the NFC, you brought up a couple teams already that uh, we might need to look at as far as uh, get-out-of-here candidates. Um, I guess we'll start right at the top, and, you know, we'll have to go through these quickly. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at 5-7, and 4-4 four and four in the conference. Two and one in their division. Are they still alive, numerically, obviously. Yeah, what do you think? they're they're yeah they're still alive. Lost uh, to the looking Detroit Lions, right? Yeah, they win the tiebreaker over Carolina. Um, Dalvin Cook comes back tonight. Yeah, you know, I mean, they they've got to win. They've got to yep. win these games, and okay. you know, they can't keep making mistakes. But yeah, I think they're still in the hunt. Okay, I think that's fair. What about Carolina Panthers? Also five and seven. Uh, two and zero oh in the division, uh, three and five in yeah. the conference. Yeah, not not ready the to let them go. They, they quarterback. They, yeah. you know, <laughs> PJ Walker. I'll have some PJ Walker with some Sand Darnold and a side sausage. Yeah, 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 that's that's an interesting mix. Uh, yeah. They win tiebreakers over Atlanta and New Orleans right now. Uh, of course, they're going to still play both of those teams. So yeah, Carolina's still in it, but uh, boy, hanging hanging by a thread. All right, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we bring them to your attention also at five and seven. Uh, Let's see, four and five in the conference, only one and two in their division. Uh, also, serious, serious issues at quarterback. Um, I'm not sure. Now, um, Mark Ingram is out with COVID. I'm not sure when Kamara's coming back. No odd receivers. 
that's my case. You're talking about the Saints. Oh, I'm sorry. I am talking about the Saints. I got ahead of myself. That's okay. That's okay. They're both five and seven and not doing well in the conference. So take them as a package, buddy. Falcons and Saints. Wow. Oh, boy. Boy, Some hemming and hawing going on over there. Yeah, there's some hamming and some hawing. They call that vamping business, buddy. Let's let's keep. We're gonna keep Atlanta uh, for this this stretch, and I think strictly based on the fact that they still have Matt Ryan at quarterback, and the Saints quarterback situation is, you know, it is what it is. Worse than the poopy platter. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. maybe it's a poopy, maybe it's a poopy platter. I don't know. <laughs> uh, family show, of course. Uh, so I think the New Orleans Saints, Mike, uh, you got to tee them up. I think at this point and say, here it is, New Orleans Saints. But get out of here. There it is, folks. Nice. I always love to hear the the strong get out of here. <laughs> Except for the next candidate, buddy, the New York Football Giants, yeah. four and eight, three and five on the conference, one and two in the division, uh, banged up all over the place, starting to get healthy. Actually, um, the only person on the injured list, as far as did not practice, was Dory Jackson today. Everyone else was limited participation. So uh, great to see that. But even at full strength, I mean, at four and eight, last in the division. They got a puncher's chance yet or no? Uh, Mike, you started out at the beginning with simply saying, who would have thought that the NFC East would have three teams in playoff contention? I guess that Uh, gave away my heart right there, huh? Yeah, the fact that you have those three teams ahead of you. Now, they still have to play. They still have to play Dallas. They still have to play Washington again. And... I, they still have to play Philadelphia yeah, again, they too? Got three, they have three games left in the division. So, you know, I mean, that makes it almost almost a tease to do, but I, I'm sorry to say, New York Giants and your fans, and we loved going there and watching you play and win one of your games, but New York Giants, it's time to get out of here. <sighs> It does does me no no fun at all to say. And then uh, lastly, then I would assume the Seattle Seahawks, the Bears, and the Lions already are on the get out of here list. Seahawks four and eight, two and six in the conference. Dave, two and six, two yeah. and two in the division. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, congratulations on coming back early, and it meant absolutely nothing. Um, yep, yep. Seattle, we've been talking about you for weeks. Get out of here, sea chickens. Nice. Very nice. So I think that'll wrap up our NFL stuff, Dave, unless there's something else you want to get uh, off your chest or ready for this week. Nope, nope. I think that that was good. We got the get out of here's in place, and now we know, you know, now we wait another week and get to see what some of these some of these upcoming games say, but yeah, I think we're good and we're ready good. to ready to move on. Wonderful. So let's move on to college football, buddy. Where uh, the regular season ended two weeks ago. Last week we had uh, the conference championship games and then the final uh, selection for uh, the college playoff uh, bowls and all the other bowls. And um, as much as we were rooting for chaos and chaos uh, kind of showed up early. Um, 
on Saturday, uh, we really kind of got chalk going into the playoff um, scenarios. But uh, before that, Dave, I think probably the most entertaining game uh, I've seen in a while um, was Baylor and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship. Uh, what an exciting game, exciting finish. I know you were at work for most of this, but we're catching a lot of it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, trying to trying to follow it a little bit there. Uh, I, you know, definitely, I think Oklahoma State kind of had been a darling, I think, of the media and, you know, one of those teams, like Mike was saying, that could uh, – lean into some uh some chaos uh but boy that that baylor team they are just nothing to to sneeze at by any stretch boy they just they took it to uh oklahoma state early on and uh, you know i don't know you know oklahoma state you know had the big win the week before uh i, I you know i don't I, I don't know if that had a factor one way or the other, but mm-hmm. Baylor just came out, I think, the hungrier team uh, early on, Mike. And I, I think Oklahoma State was kind of back on their heels. You look at it, it was, you know, 21 to 6 at halftime. Uh, and I think that really kind of did did Oklahoma State in a bit there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um and, you know, not being able to come back, although they're the only ones that scored in the second half, which I thought was quite interesting. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State, this wasn't your traditional uh, Mike Gundy team where the air raid offense and, you know, everything's a screen pass and a bubble play or, or something like that. Uh, this was more of a run the ball, you know, methodical down the field type team. And I thought, and I texted you this during the game, Dave, uh, masterful job by Gundy in the uh, – fourth quarter of calling timeouts to get the ball back uh, with oh, his yeah. team uh, with an opportunity to win in college with the clock stopping after first downs and out of bounds. Uh, timeouts aren't as essential as they are in the NFL. So no. um, they get the ball on their own nine-yard line, buddy, and they have two minutes, 59 seconds, uh, of a drive, 17 plays all the way down, just taking what the defense has given them, methodical, no timeouts, but doing a masterful job of getting to the line, getting their first downs, uh, huge plays, huge tackles, all kinds of craziness. And then um, we get to the end of the game, buddy, and uh, – very interesting scenario. So uh, it's second and one with a minute three left at the Baylor one. So you're thinking, is it too much time? Should they score? Should they not score? And I kind of felt like nobody on either side knew what the other team was going to do or supposed to do. It was almost in a situation with Baylor since they're already at your one-yard line where you might want to let them score and then you get the ball. Um, But this is why you don't do that, and we'll see that. Um, You know, Oklahoma State runs no gain on first down, second down, uh, third down. They pass the ball, uh, which is an indication that they're going to go forward on fourth down. Uh, He throws the ball incomplete. And um, here we go, buddy. One of the most exciting finishes. Uh, fourth and one. Uh, Jackson for Oklahoma State takes a ball around the corner uh, towards uh, the near pylon. And the cornerback for Baylor 
uh, whose name is McVeigh, um, kind of doesn't have a great angle, I thought. And I thought for a split second, like this Baylor running back had that corner and was going to score. And then he kept Oklahoma going, State oh, running sorry. back. Yeah, Oklahoma State running back was going to score. And he kind of took a, a larger arc towards the corner than he probably could have. And in retrospect, I mean, this is a world-class athlete. I'm being very nitpicky, but this is what we do here. Um, he dives for the pylon. Tackler hits him inside the one-yard line, but the ball never touches the goal line, and it's crystal clear. And the pylon cam is, like, right down the line. Like, whoever invented that is a genius because of this play. And yeah. Be- or Oklahoma State loses their shot and to get into the national championship conversation by a half an inch and probably realistically a half a yard um because it really was crystal clear that he did not cross the goal line so that was really exciting finish what did you think about all that Bob? well i'm watching the replay again mike and he spends he runs half the field half of the half of the field right because they're in the middle of the field right and this is the running back and he runs half of it almost straight down the four yard line. Like he running four, like four, parallel, four, right? four, four, yeah. right, right. He doesn't cut up towards the three until he's just a couple yards from the sideline. Right. And he's fast and they're both fast, sure. but I completely, and we went back and forth on this watching the game. Like why didn't he cut up more? And now I'm watching it again. He reaches the ball out. Yeah, I mean, he's a little, it's close, you know, it's within a few inches of the pylon. Okay. Um, but, he, you know, it's a few inches. And I think, uh, I think, was it was it the Oklahoma State coach that was saying it? It's a game of inches. Right. And there you go. Um, but, geez, if he had cut up even just a little bit more um, at any point, it would have given him a little bit more distance there. Um but like you said, extremely exciting um, game and, you know, exactly, you know, it was early. And so we thought, geez, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be a great day of football uh, because we start out with this game early uh, and it comes right down to the end and was extremely exciting. Um, and we'll get to some of the other games. But so interesting, Mike, and Oklahoma State running the ball 40 carries for 70 yards. Ouch. That's not I mean, getting it done. No, and, and Baylor wasn't really any better, and that much really, 33 carries for 62 yards. Uh, so both teams kind of struggled running the ball. Uh, the big thing for Oklahoma State, and we saw this, that the four interceptions. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you lose a game by five points. And there were some bad ones by Sanders. Uh, and he didn't play particularly well in the game before either that they won. Um, so definitely a struggle. You'd certainly feel feel for Oklahoma State. But kudos to Baylor. They had a good game plan. Uh, they executed uh, and won. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, they are 11. They're 11 and 2. Uh, you know, having a really, really good season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two other teams that had really good seasons uh, in the American Athletic Conference, Dave. 
um, Houston and Cincinnati. Houston came in at 11 and 1. Cincinnati came in at uh, 12 and 0, and uh, ended up being not quite as high a scoring game as. as um, some people had kind of predicted, but still, oh no, that wasn't the game that was like that. I'm sorry. Uh, they hit the over of 52 and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. Cincinnati wins 35, 20. Uh, I, I thought Houston was going to hang in there a little more on offense on this game, bud. Um, did you have any thoughts going into this game or anything you want to share that you saw? If at no, all? I mean, I, I, I think for, you know, we were both, I think, hoping Cincinnati would win and stay. Sure you know, stay undefeated, get into the playoff. Uh, it was, you know, dicey early on, 14-10 Cincinnati after the first quarter, uh, but Houston only had 10 points the rest of the way. Yep. Uh, and I think you just you just see how good Cincinnati is. Um, you know, Ritter wasn't, like, fabulous, but 11-17, this is the quarterback, 190 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, just efficient. Um, and doing what he needed to do. Um, and they ran for 200 yards uh, as well. So Cincinnati, just a nice, nice balanced attack. Um, really, I think, please. Uh, and eight, eight sacks for the Cincinnati defense, Mike. Um, you know, That's they're, getting it done. It, yep. That is getting it done. It will be interesting to see when their level of competition goes up. Um and to see what happens there, but um, well, David, talk kudos, about... kudos to Cincinnati for for sure. finally getting to that spot, getting into uh, you know the playoff. Concerning though, Mike, O for eight on third down conversions for Cincinnati. Uh, that would be something I would circle and say they've got to be better uh, on third down. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that against. Uh, anybody in the playoff and expect to win. No, absolutely. Great point. Uh, and just real quick, you know, to keep the theme up of teams that usually run and couldn't, uh, Houston had 47 f- rushing attempts for 88 yards, Dave. 1.9 average, no touchdowns. So another team that ran the ball all year and then ran up against a team that probably had a few more athletes up front than they've seen. And uh, this is what happens. Uh, where you want to go next, buddy? What do you think? Uh, a, a game I didn't really watch much of uh, much of this because it got out of hand. But uh, Michigan, you know, continuing to uh, play very very well here yes. at the end of the year um, and just stomping out any any hopes that Iowa had um, of trying to upset them and and winning this game going away forty two to three. Uh, they pull out the 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 trick play uh, for the 75 yard touchdown there. Um, just just a really a, a really thorough thumping uh, by Michigan. 250 yards passing, 211 yards rushing. Uh, you know, just Michigan is one of those teams right now, Mike. That they're playing as good as anybody, yep. uh, and teams definitely should be very concerned about having to play uh, this Michigan team because they really are they are real, playing very well. Yeah, I think they unlocked something in that second half of the Ohio State game where they just ran the ball right up the gut 
uh, right tackle to tackle all second half, and they continued it in this game. They had nine different people with a rushing attempt, like you said, 34 attempts, 211 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, Cade McNamara was no slouch back there at quarterback. And when they have McCarthy in there, uh, you know, he's also a heck of a runner. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the two-quarterback system, but, you know, that's a, another conversation. Nope, nope, day. nope. I am not a fan either, but kudos to Michigan. Yep. Uh, yep. Playing, playing well. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to Alabama, Georgia, I just want to touch. Did you see the play in the Pittsburgh Wake Forest game with my buddy Kenny Pickett? Um, and he gave the fake slide and then ran it in for a touchdown. And now all the defensive yeah. players that have ever played defense in the history of defense are all up in arms because it's not fair because we can't really hit them. And you could see the defensive player for Wake Forest, you know, ease up before. Ease up on them. Yeah. Um, so they're I, uh, probably going to make a rule. Yeah. Yeah, there was some talk about that. Uh, I didn't see it live, but I when I turned – when I was switching back and forth, when I turned that game on was right at that time. I didn't have the sound on. I couldn't quite figure out. Honestly, the first time I saw it, I, I thought he got injured uh, uh, based on sniper. how he stepped. You thought there was a sniper. And yeah. so I thought that's why they were showing it. And then they were showing him on the sidelines. Uh, but then, you know, after a little bit, obviously no. And then they go into this whole thing. And to me, I, you know, Again, even if he was trying to fake, it just looked to me like he kind of slipped a little bit, um, and it looked like uh, he was faking a slide. But, yeah, everybody's up in arms, like Mike said, and, geez, you hope that's not the case. I, I mean, literally, how many times quarterbacks slide? That's the first time I can honestly remember uh, any quarterback trying to do any kind of fake slide. Right. So, uh I guess for me it would be let's not overreact on this one and, and create another, you know, silly, you know, rule that things have to be watched so closely that the players can't just play the game. That's my take. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I understand that uh, defense is frustrated because they can't hit as the way they used to, and, and that's right for the game. Um Although I do think some of these roughing the quarterback penalties are outrageously um, overcalled, but uh, oh, no doubt. Agree. No, I, I'll agree with you. L leave the fake slide in, um, and then maybe you can open. He, he's a runner at some point, right? He's not a quarterback. He's once he goes over the line of scrimmage, he's a ball carrier. So you can hit him, just don't hit him while he's sliding. I guess I don't know. What a yeah. buddy. How about Alabama Georgia? This game did not go the way that a lot I've heard I saw people Saturday say you know nine six final that was going to be that kind of defensive battle uh you know under the 49 all the way is everything we heard uh Alabama was getting six and a half points and I guess Nick Saban just owns this Georgia Bulldog uh, university I don't know what else to say buddy what, do, what did you see yeah you know we had texted back and forth, you know, a, a bunch in this game. Alabama certainly has been good this year. There, there's no doubt. I mean, it's, they certainly struggled early on. Uh, their offensive line just manhandled yep. uh, what has what has been the best defense in college football all year. Yep. And they 
the, the Georgia defensive line, they couldn't get a sniff of Bryce Young. I mean, if he was wearing perfume or uh, cologne, there's no way they could even tell what he was wearing. They never even would have smelled it because they didn't get close to him. And, you know, that's certainly that's been a big part of Georgia's uh, game uh, during the year, you know, plus 40 in sacks. We know Alabama is plus 40 in sacks on the season. Uh, yeah, I, it just – I guess for me, I was disappointed because I really was thinking Georgia has been so dominant this year that they're finally going to – they're going to be the SEC team that takes out Alabama, um, and 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 just no, you know, just right. just did not happen. And the second half, I mean, it was just grinded out, and Alabama just really just taking it taking it to uh, a, a very very good defensive team. Yeah, you know, twenty six rushes for one hundred and fifteen yards for Alabama. Uh, Bryce Young had a, a very good game, 26 for 44 for 421 and three touchdowns. Probably the only negative that came out of this game is the injury to their star wide receiver, John Michi III, uh, a la Jalen Waddle last year. Um, and Devontae yeah. Smith had to step up. Um, you know, Michi's out for the seat, rest of the playoff. Um, and you know worry about the kids future from there um but other than that you know this was nick saban at his finest kind of like belichick hasn't lost his fastball in the nfl saban boy what a huge win against auburn in the iron bowl the week before huh to uh get to this game if they if they blew that in overtime um you know this game wouldn't have wouldn't have mattered you know they wouldn't even have been there but anyway uh, Alabama does it again, and Dave, that catapults them all the way up to number one in the standings. Were you surprised yeah. not to see Michigan at one? Not really. Uh, I think what the what I believe is, you know, the committee looking at the value, even though this game ended up being a blowout, but they it shows to me how much they really valued how successful Georgia was coming in right. uh, and basically saying that Alabama's victory over Georgia was better than, you know, Michigan blowing out uh, a game Iowa team. And Iowa has had some good wins, but um, so I, I just think that's what it did. Was Ohio State and Alabama's best yep. win was Georgia. That's pretty yep. much what they said. Okay, so yeah, that really yeah, absolutely. puts it to Michigan at the number two spot. They're going to have to go through Georgia and probably Alabama, that both SEC teams, to win the title. And that would be a Michigan team that went down in you know the midst of history if that happened. Any team, really. I mean, any team that have to beat two both SEC those. teams, yep. uh, you know, to get to a national championship. Uh, that's going to be anybody's going to be excited about that, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, that's how it's going to be. So, you know, in this playoff, uh, we have Alabama against Cincinnati and then Michigan against Georgia. Uh, my oldest son has said, like, these ga these semifinal games are always blowouts. Uh, he said I he would be surprised if they end up either, either game being close. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with him because he's just – He's giving these games the eye test, and the eye test has been these games in the semifinals traditionally are blowouts. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I think that Michigan-Georgia game could 
um, really be super entertaining. I, I expect a blowout in the Alabama-Cincinnati game. I, I think Cincinnati is not only going up one level of athlete to compete against. It's probably two, two and a half levels um, of guys just, you know, two, three deep at every position that are world-class athletes in the SEC. Uh, they don't see that, you know, in their conference. So that's what I would Yeah, and uh, the the uh, the early lines, Mike, Alabama by 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the earlier game, uh, 3.30 on New Year's Eve on ESPN. Uh, and the late game, and Mike, I'm looking at this, and this is, boy, this is a bit shocking to me. Uh, Michigan uh, and Georgia, so this will be, you know, 7.30 uh, in the Orange Bowl. Georgia is favored by seven and a half points. Wow. I'd heard six and a half yesterday, but does that mean? I, 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 just, I just cannot believe that they are favored by that much. Yeah. Uh, again, I you know, that that's putting the value in that's they are everybody saying how much how good they think Alabama is quite honestly right no um, absolutely and, and the so, SEC in general um yeah i know you and i will both crazy. be rooting for a cincinnati michigan final but uh, oh absolutely cincinnati and michigan <laughs> some of the other major yeah. bowls dave tell me stop me if any of these interest you peach bowl on december 30th michigan state and pittsburgh fiesta oh yeah. yeah oh definitely i'll be interested in that just as the acc team and and to see how michigan state does that is seven o'clock on december 30th yeah uh michigan state favored by one yep that, that's interesting january day notre dame january day New Year's Day, January, January day, January first, New Year's Day, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State uh, in the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. Notre Dame with new head coach after Brian Kelly sprung down to Louisiana and found his southern accent all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> did you see any of Dave's uh, four-minute oh, speech he gave to his Notre Dame team on the way out the door? Uh, I, I heard a little bit of it, and it, I it, it just I ready for the puke emojis. Absolutely. Uh, really, uh, this is what we have to hear, but this is you know slow sports time, I guess. Uh, Notre Dame favored by two and a half uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah Oklahoma State's got a really – I mean, they, they have one of the best defenses all year. Uh, I would expect a low-scoring game yes. uh, there in the Fiesta Bowl. But it's at 1 o'clock. It, you know, that's, a, I would say, a fairly appealing option. How about 5 o'clock in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Ohio State at 10-2 and two versus Utah at 10-3. Do you think Ohio State's really going to show up and get up for this game? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I heard some talk last week uh, with some of these games where these teams like Ohio State didn't make uh, didn't make it to the the playoff. And are you going to find like we did last year uh, with some players, you know, just stepping out and saying, I, "I'm not going to." risk getting hurt in this game right. we, I, w- I don't think we've heard anything yet but as we get closer to that uh, I would hope that doesn't happen uh, it does give you another chance to showcase uh, anybody who's thinking about going into the draft Sure. Uh, but that certainly has the potential to be a very good game Utah took apart 
Oregon twice, you know, in a couple of weeks there. So uh, that's an intriguing matchup for sure. Yeah. I like Mike in, in the Sugar Bowl, uh, that Baylor Mississippi game. Uh, those are two very, very entertaining teams. That that has the potential to be a really good game. And this is a style makes fight bowl where uh, Ole Miss is going to throw the ball left, right, up, and down, and Baylor's going to play ball control and strong defense, and we'll see which team has, you know, the better outcome. I, I think this is sneaky, you know, one of the most underrated bowls being played, you know, in, the, in that group of uh, two, three days. Uh, 8.45 on New Year's Day, especially if you're returning to work on the 2nd. Oh, no, that's a Sunday. So you should be good. Yeah, yeah, this is Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so you're, you're good. Yep, right. yep. Yeah. I was going to say, in regular, you know, if New Year's was in the middle of the week and you were going back to work on the 2nd, you probably wouldn't catch a lot of this game. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, th- this, this could be a sneaky good one to check into, folks. And then let's just check real quick, Dave, our two favorite bowls, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Any idea without looking who's in that or even when it's Oh, I was just I was just going to scroll there and now I'm going to stop. Oh, I'm trying to remember what we had talked about. Duke's Mayo, is it an ACC team? It's an ACC. Um, so I'm going to say It's uh, two states against Louisville? Nope. Louisville? Nope. North Carolina. Okay, that was my South Carolina. Six and six versus six and six. Six and six. In the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's uh, December 30th at 11.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Thick, nasty white mayonnaise (laughs) right on your turkey sando and watch an 11.30 bowl game on the 30th. It's beautiful. And then uh, the bowl to beat all bowls, Dave, the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl. Any, you want yeah, to I, two or no? I, I, I don't have any guesses. Uh, Clemson, 9-3. and three. Actually, a sneaky good season for a, a season that's considered an abject failure. 9-3 and three is yeah. not terrible, you know, even in the ACC. Versus Iowa State at 7-5. and five. Uh, that's How the, is Iowa State favored in this game by one point? I, I That makes absolutely no, no sense. No, absolutely no sense. Uh, and it's in Orlando, so Clemson's probably going to travel better. I don't know. December 20th. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's suspect just line. totally Something's ridiculous. Somebody knows yeah. something about something. Maybe they know they have an inside line to what flavor cheese that they're going to be dumping on the coach. But uh, we'll <laughs> go from there. Oh, let's look at Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Yankee Stadium, 215 on the 29th. Virginia Tech, 6-6. Oh. Six six. Maryland, 6-6. Six 6-6. Six. Six six. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, not uh, exactly um, a barn burner there, probably. And then uh, the fraudulent Fenway Bowl. Uh, in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Oh man, the copying the Yankees <laughs> even even with this. 11 a.m. on the 29th, Virginia oh. six and six, SMU eight and four. SMU oh. had a high-powered offense and then really crumpled down the uh, down the end of the season. So it would be nice to see if them bounce back. But yeah, 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 for sure. That's some of the, you know, bowls that we like to highlight. The first bowl, Dave, is December 17th, the Bahamas Bowl in the Nassau Bahamas, high noon on the 17th, Middle Tennessee, 6-6, six and six, Toledo, 7-5. and five. So that'll oh, get your bowl game started. There's two on the 17th. Uh, 
a whole bunch of your liberty teams. your liberty flames mike yes they made the lending tree bowl against eastern michigan uh favored liberty favored by eight and a half at uh on saturday the 18th at 5 45 on espn that could be entertaining yeah it'll be the last time in this calendar year i'll get notifications about a liberty football game unless i turn them off ahead <laughs> of time uh, <laughs> anyway but so that's your bowl, um, you know, kind of preview, folks. Of course, we're going to hit the big games as they come along and, and we get around the new year and all of that stuff. Uh, Dave, you want to hit the Heisman Trophy uh, candidates real quick for us? Oh, well, we can a, talk about them. Yeah, we can talk about them. I don't know that I want to actually okay. hit them. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we can talk about it. I, I think the challenge is – well, who are the four uh, finalists, I think, right? Can you pick it? From... I think this is absolutely a done deal. Uh, yeah, who are the four finalists? Adrian we Hutchinson have... from Michigan, Pickett from Pitt. Yep. Uh, the Alabama quarterback, who's going to win? Yeah, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, and there's somebody else, obviously. Another quarterback. But it doesn't matter. Bryce Young's winning this. You know, it's a, it's. it's uh, a yeah, game. yeah. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any question right. uh, that that's gonna. Oh, C, is it C.J. Stroud from Ohio State? Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yep. So they'll be yep. the four in in New York City, or I don't know if they'll be remote or how they're doing the COVID situation with the newest variant running around. But that's, <sighs> again, yeah. yeah. Speaking of fatigue, I've got Alabama fatigue and I've got COVID fatigue, buddy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I got Patriot fatigue oh, and yeah. everything else. There's a lot of fatigue you got going wind on. Wind fatigue, snow fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And folks, if you if you haven't paid attention, uh, Hutchinson for Michigan is a defensive end. So yeah. that's interesting in the fact that you you know you've got three quarterbacks and a defensive end. Uh, no chance, no chance. No, that, uh, he's going to win. He would have uh, had to have AP. like nine sacks in the last game, and you know it just wasn't happening. Yeah, and Bryce Young won AP Player of the Year uh, today. So you know that's that's just adding to it at this point. It's it's nice window dressing to have them all there, but uh, Bryce Young has had just a f- absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal year, and certainly capped off by by beating Georgia, uh, forty three hundred yards, Mike, forty three touchdowns, four interceptions that's uh, a pretty good ratio. yeah that's pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty good, good. Uh, all right folks well that i mean that's uh, that's our college football talk uh you know we caught some nfl at the beginning of this podcast and uh, we're still hanging in there we are going to video um for spotify release maybe someday we'll be on youtube but in the meantime you can still get the audio version uh on all your other podcast delivery systems we're still there on stitcher and um all the other ones and we're going to be continuing to expand and try to do the best we can here for you to reach out on all platforms but in the meantime folks let us know your comments questions and regurgitations here at think tank sports where we strive for five